At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Grace, mercy and peace, my brothers and sisters from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. You may have a cross in your hand, and I'm praying this prayer of blessing over that cross. Let us pray. God, our Savior, whose Son Jesus Christ entered Jerusalem as Messiah to suffer and to die, let these palms be for us signs of His victory. Grant that we who bear them in His name may ever hail Him as our King and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Behold, your king comes to your Zion, meet, meek and lowly, sitting upon an ass. Ride on in the cause of truth and for the sake of justice. Your throne is the throne of God. It endures forever. The scepter of your kingdom is a righteous scepter. You have loved righteousness and hated evil. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you the oil of gladness above your fellows. Now let's hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. And we're reading from the 21st verse. Glory to you, O Lord. I trust that all of you will read through the whole text as given dealing with the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The extracts of this text that I will read um, is from Israel 4 and 5 and 9. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The crowds went ahead of him, and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the Gospel of Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. And so, I ask you to have a deep sense and imagination of the procession now uh, going into the church as it would normally be with the words, Let us go forth, praising Jesus our Messiah. In the name of the Lord. Amen. In the church, we would now be gathered to pray together, a colic for the day. 
eternal Father, your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, fulfilled your will by taking our nature and giving his life for us. Help us to follow the example of his humility by walking in the way of the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, all God's people would say, Amen. Amen. And welcome to the special Palm Sunday edition of the Rod and Staff podcast, the St. George's Rod and Staff podcast, because it is the only official podcast of the St. George the Martyr of Kales River Parish. And I am joined as always, as he has led us in so greatly, the Venerable Father Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, how are you today? Through the grace of God, well, although um, in this couple of days, I think most of us have been challenged um, uh, because we see numbers uh, rising in terms of the infection of coronavirus across the globe. We see the amount of deaths. When we look at our own nation, we see that numbers have grown. And uh, just um, sometimes we have to acknowledge the sense of our own fears and uh, also be able to share that with each other because I think hope lay lies in our responsibility and also in our sharing with each other. Mm, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's becoming a very trying time, but this is what they call the crucial week, um, where many who have been infected before the lockdown started will start to show their symptoms and will receive care during that time. And we're just trying to burn it out now so that by next week, those who have not yet been infected have a very low chance of getting infected. And then we can all go, go back to our business when the lockdown lifts. So our, our, one of the things that uh, comes out of what you're saying is um, the people on the forefront of this, the medical staff at all hospitals and surgeries, wherever it is, they are mostly in our prayers besides those who've been infected, um, the families who have lost loved ones as well. Mm. And the fact that... Um, you know, we are we are concealed to our homes. There are those that are part of essential services that have to be out there ensuring that uh, life goes on for us. Yeah, no, definitely. So, Father, it's very interesting. Palm Sunday has always been one of those. It's, it's the start of the Passion Week. And i've noticed in the passion week there are multiple gospel readings on a specific day like on easter there's the whole account at the fireside and yeah. then the gospel reading the same with palm sunday there is the processional gospel which is the what's it the triumphant entry triumphal entry into jerusalem yeah um and then the first reading is taken from isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 and 9 and what is interesting is that on wednesday we spoke of daniel and at that time was the destruction of jerusalem um, that led to then J daniel's exile to babylon in service of king nebuchadnezzar the second so i did mention inaccurately that 
Jerusalem was then never the same again. They destroyed the temple. Everything was in ruins. But from there, Cyrus the Great then conquered Babylon and then sent all the the Jews at this stage. I think they were called. We can call them that. We can refer to probably yeah, the, the Hebrew people. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was were then allowed to go back to their homeland, and he decreed that the temple be rebuilt. But then there was like a little breakdown just to give some historical grounding. And then Darius, his son, was then the person with alongside, I think it was Zechariah, if I'm not mistaken. He was one of the prophets and Ezekiel. Yes. Yeah. There was also the people who played a significant role to help rebuild the wall as well as the temple was Nehemiah and Ezra. Yes. Played a significant part as well. Um, And then Malachi as well. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember all my history <laughs> in, in, in that part. You, you, you're throwing me with a six year. No, no, no. <laughs> I will it's, bring it all around. bring it all around. Because the, uh, I think this deals with the, with, as it were, I think it's the second time that the temple had been, or the first time the temple had been destroyed. Uh, there'll be uh, yes. a second time in, in AD 66, I think, AD 66 going to AD 70, when the temple will also be destroyed. But it was not the physical temple, but Jesus yeah. as the, the temple. But yeah. uh, it's interesting that we have in history those various people who played a significant role, some mm. compassionate um, foreign leaders, uh, yeah. and then, of course, those who were hard cased, those who but saw the important. value. Go ahead. Uh, it's important to like just to note that Isaiah was actually the prof who, who he was the person who prophesied that Cyrus would rebuild That's the temple. Correct, yeah. Yeah. And then it's it's interesting that the reading um, that was chosen is then late in Isaiah's life, or at least not super late. Um, yeah. But when he was then speaking of his conviction and knowing that he would face ridicule and still being strong in his faith. To the Lord. Yeah. I think um, prophets had a hard time, particularly when they um, were asked to chastise people's behavior. Mm. But the, 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 the prophet also is some who, who, by God's grace, are those called to help people find hope. Now, Isaiah, yeah, somebody had written very interestingly, that if you want to capture the essence of the gospel of Jesus, then Isaiah is the, the prophet to read. Um, and then, and we use Isaiah Palm Sunday, we use Isaiah Good Friday as well. Mm. Um, the, the, the verse 50 forms part of the second part of Isaiah. Isaiah has been written in three parts. First, the first one was to the call to repentance. The third, the second one was now ensure my people have hope. And the third one was to ensure that people now have the vision of what new life can be like. So um, that second part that you're focusing on gives us that sense that God is at work um, trying to restore his people to where he wants them to be. We're not always mm. very good at responding to God. <laughs> so 
So we need prophets that can help us see yeah. both the air of our ways and also to see the path to hope. Yeah. And then he was also obviously one of the prophets who, who prophesied the, the coming of the Messiah. Yeah, he did. Um, he, he used the words, if I can recall correctly, the servant of the Lord. Mm. And um, some theological thinking is, is that reflected upon Jesus as the servant of the Lord? Because a lot of our thinking as church reflects Isaiah to be the one that gives us an inkling as to what the Messiah would be. That's very interesting passage we read on Good, on Good Friday. He had no form, no comeliness, says one translation. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't about his physical appearance that would give him a sense of attraction for people. But it's really by the wounds he suffered and his willingness yeah. to suffer that Isaiah points out to us. And that beautiful phrase that, that we quote as a, one of, uh, by his wounds we are healed. Mm. So it's the suffering servant that Isaiah points out, whether he was actually seeing that as Jesus, or whether we as Christians understand it as we look from the resurrection and say, well, that resembles exactly who Jesus is. So for yeah. us, Isaiah was speaking about Jesus. Yeah, that's very interesting, because then um, that's kind of echoed in then the second reading, which is uh, it's Paul's epistle to the Philippians, um, that's chapter 2, verses 5 to 11, where it's actually describing that Jesus, although he was from God, the earthly embodiment of God, that he emptied himself to mm -hmm. become human and to then walk. So he, he, was, he then became a servant of the Lord. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very, I, I, I kind of picked it up when I, when I went through the text earlier, but it, it just like, just crystallized in my mind right now that those those two ideas are, are quite linked. Absolutely. That particular portion of scripture is uh, understood to be a hymn in the early Christian church. Mm. Um, and I think it starts with this whole thing uh, that I think we, 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 uh, we need to hear. Uh, we challenges the church and Christians to have about them the same mind that was in Christ. And then yeah. Paul goes to explain what, how this mindset was revealed in the person of Jesus. But what I find also interesting is that he's talking about this. He's talking about this from the floor of a cell in prison. Hmm. Where he, as a prisoner for his faith, has this liberty to to show what the essence of his face was in the person face yeah. was in the person of Jesus Christ, and then of course we find those beautiful words, the the understanding of Jesus' incarnation. He took on the form of a servant, mm. and then that incredible words. He became obedient, even to death on the cross. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and that is what, a remarkable statement. That is, and then what follows that is obviously what you started this whole service with. Um, That's right. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend, because then Paul goes on to say that God granted him the name above all names. Yeah, yeah. That's not very... something he claimed. Not no, something no, he yes. claimed. Ne? It was given to him. 
that's a very interesting separation <laughs> if you will. Uh, the, the word that i wanted to use just escaped my mind um yeah that that's an important separation to make as yeah it's not something he claimed but it was granted to him and then moving into the gospel because yeah the gospel reading that you have is the passion reading of from matthew chapter 26 verses 14 to 27 yeah but you've obviously shortened it um in the form that you will see it on the facebook page but i will link the full text in the podcast description down below do you want to just read us through that and then we can relate it to the other readings and the theme i just want as i read this i just want to make you aware and myself aware that as we concluded um talking about paul in the way that uh, jesus in the way that paul spoke in the philippians passage Mm. the the hymn that we would have sung had we all been together and maybe you will sing if you put it on youtube is really a fantastic bridge to build between the two readings and the psalm towards the passion play a passion narrative oh love how deep how broad how high this is all about love Mm. it fills the heart with ecstasy that god the son of god should take our mortal form reflecting to paul's philippians for mortal Mm. sake and that's a, a great um, sense of who Jesus is for us in this time when our mortality is staring us even more in the face than than mm. would normally have. So the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, and in this part where Je- is, are Jesus's words, you will become deserters because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. And so normally we don't end it with the normal gospel reading, because we've done that in the liturgy of the palms. Mm. This is now the liturgy of the passion, where we are called to really go deep into when he said when we look at the obedience that Paul speaks about Jesus this passage then shows us how the obedience is lived out Mm. and this passage was taken from like the the last supper evening that that is that it comes up from that side yeah. And it then uh, displays all the events that happened leading up to the actual cruci- crucifixion. And yeah. um, what, what our church uh, calendar does, it, uh, the, it's the three cycles, all focusing on the uh, narrative of the synoptic Gospels. Mm. So year A is Matthew's focus of, of the Passion. So yeah. for the three years we'd read it, Matthew, Mark, and Luke would be the three that we would be reading. Um, not that G, not that John excludes the passion, but his display of who Jesus is is focuses a whole lot different. Um, because I mean, we have the incredible passage of the resurrection uh, that where Mary is a very important focus yeah. of it. 
Um, so yes, the, um, th this is focused on the, the synoptic stories of Jesus and that incredible journey from the Last Supper, from in fact from the entry into into Jerusalem to the crucifixion. So it's interesting that you mentioned that the the three cycles focus on the Gospels, excluding John. John, yeah. Because if you walk it all the way back to the the passion of the the liturgy of the palms um before they entered jerusalem jesus was actually at in bethany with martha mary and lazarus who we spoke of last that's sunday good. that's correct um and then it's it's unclear because all four gospel authors don't really <laughs> synchronize that's um, on this whether mary did the 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 oils oh goodness washing of my the english feet. is mis yes the washing of the uh, no, feet not story. the washing the the anointing with the oils on the feet yes the anointing yes. whether she did it before or after they <laughs> went into jerusalem <laughs> so the, so the timeline you're talking about the timeline <laughs> yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, uh, that and then the other interesting thing is like matthew obeys the same timeline that that john does yeah. Um, saying that they came from Bethany, but he again doesn't mention who Jesus was visiting with, which I still believe, and this is on my point from last week Sunday, that it's a very important. Uh, I mean, it has so much importance that we start the Passion Week with Jesus being anointed at a supper. At least in my mind, that's how it starts. And then it's going into Jerusalem. And then we kind of end before the lead up to the crucifixion at a supper where he speaks and then anoints or washes the feet of, of, of the disciples. I don't know if I'm just crazy, but that's how it makes sense in my mind. <laughs> well, I think when you, when you, that's why we can't read in isolation. You've got to read yeah. them all as it were together. And most certainly, whether it was before I, I, I doubt it would be it would have been after the event of the of the Last Supper, because that mm. was the crucial um, point leading up to the Garden and then the crucifixion, the trial, and all of that. So, yeah. so somehow, um, and and why is it that John seems to think it was an important part to play, or the other Gospels that Mary had to do something in which Jesus says that this action of hers will be in honor of her for centuries to come because yeah. she was rightly preparing me for mm. my death, um, which you don't want to hear heed to, um, but she's already doing something that is telling you this is where it will go. So certainly that must have been before the Last Supper, in my mm. view. Uh, an event that took place, but again, yeah, why was Mary so much more important? This very silent Mary who doesn't speak, sits at mm. the feet, who weeps, and then washes with her hair. All of these are attitudes of gratitude yeah. for what Jesus had done for her. And so she plays a role that where the, the disciples were struggling with accepting that he should go and die, she's already indicated by her actions mm. that he was being prepared for his death by what she had done. 
Um, so it's striking that our focus for many generations have just been all on the men surrounding Jesus. Yeah. But there were women that somehow mm. we never seem to notice playing a very integral part in all of this, which we would call salvation history. Yeah, and then at that same, the anointing before going into Jerusalem, it, Judas also kind of reveals himself where he asks Martha, like, why haven't you sold this and given the money to the, the, yes, the oils yes. yeah, and given the money to the poor? So, like, for me, there's always a lot of parallels between that story and then the story of the Last Supper. Again, just to reiterate my point in regards to that is, we cannot read these stories in isolation to one another. Uh, mm. We always got to read them alongside each other. Yeah, so then to the matter at hand, you will all become deserters because of me. Um, that's not saying that they will desert him. It's saying that they will desert the faith of the time. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm stuck in my, in my translation of that. Okay, well... Um, isn't it interesting that Jesus says this before the event? Yeah. And they will desert. What will they desert? Will they desert Jesus? Or because of what will happen that night, they first have to run away because they themselves can't handle the truth about that moment. And so it was a, a way in which they would desert what he stood for, what he taught them, and all the things that he had done in his ministry up until that point, for which they were very much a part of, um, that they would now say, if this is leading us to a night where we will be, where Jesus will be um, taken away from from us in this way, then how, how do we stand? So was it a part of their testing of their faith? That in order to become more radical in their faith, they had to first desert it. To then, through the resurrection experience and the power of the Spirit at Pentecost, what mm. it is that that faith was all about. Remember, Jesus did say to them, according to John's Gospel, I need to go away, I'll send you the Spirit, Spirit of truth who will lead you into all truth and teach you all that I have told you. So somehow again there's a parallel in terms of how was this going to be working. So did they desert Jesus? Did they desert the faith that he taught him? All of that kind of things. It's at the frightening part of what would happen to him would make them run away because we fear death. Mm. We fear the outcome of a radical faith who stood up to everything that was not of God mm. on every level of life. And how was three years enough for them to, to be able to say, well, we stand with you, no matter what. They tried to do that verbally, but it never worked. Yeah. So is it possible that sometime we also desert the faith? Sometimes we get despondent. You know, like in our prayers now, why would God not hear us the first time when we said, please take the virus away from us? Mm. 
But does that mean he's not hearing us? Because I feel he's not hearing us. Does it mean he's not, he's not hearing us? Because God engages on a whole new level, uh, uh, higher than the way I and you and I can think. So when it goes back to Philippians, have about you the mind of Christ. Hmm. That is the important part here. What mindset did they have? Were they in the same state of thinking that Jesus was when that night came? So what more do they need to do for them also to say, we will really not desert you, given now that we understand it? But they needed the resurrection and they needed the, the, the Holy Spirit to come. We too. Mm. So at some points, you and I and everybody else would desert the faith for fear of what may happen to us. Or despondency because God doesn't answer us immediately. But is it God we're deserting or the ideas people have given us about God? Mm. That is my battle. You know, who is Jesus really here? that we should ever think we should desert him when he's standing up for us in the way that he is. But of course we fear because our mortal bodies will be, will be hurt and we fear that. We fear what it will do to us. Mm. So, so it's acknowledgement of saying, yes, Lord, we are these, often we are deserters of you. That's why confession is so important. Mm. Because in any given day, how, how many times have I deserted God mm. and God's ways? So then, who is the I that he speaks of when he says it is written that I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered? Very good point. Is, the, is that reference to what God was going to do um, that out of obedience Jesus came to be the shepherd and again that term latches on to both an Old Testament understanding of shepherd as well as the John Hunnian um, reflection on shepherd I'm the good shepherd mm. um, Psalm 23, another, another what's his name. So, was this all in the plan of God that he was the one? In fact, Jesus said this in the trial. Pilate, you have no, you really have no power in all of this. Mm. You think you may have the power, but really this is not about you. Not about any of the laws you, ha you have to ensure happens. This is about what God needs to do mm. and so I think the I there is God that's, yeah. that's a prophetic statement I will strike the shepherd and why am I going to do that because I don't do that the flock will not really be saved mm. it's a very difficult passage so, so the shepherd in my understanding <laughs> Is, is then kind of Jesus? <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm, the, I, I absolutely, the, the one who Paul says be, be, uh, took on the form of a servant mm. 
and became obedient to death. Um, who, who else can become obedient to death? And death on a cross, as Paul said, other than God in Jesus Christ. Mm. That term itself is so mind-boggling. And again, if we relate it to Psalm 23, the first section, wow, all of this lusciousness and benefits mm. and generosity we experience. And the going is good because the Lord is there, is my shepherd. Where is that shepherd when I go through the valley of the shadow of death? Where it's not clear where he is. Mm. But it's in the valley I have to come to the point of saying, I will not fear. Uh, and in the valley, we can go back to the word there, become deserters. What, what happens yeah. in the valley? I can run away. I can denounce God. And fear will, will make me do that. And then in the valley he says, but you are there. Who's the you? The Lord's my shepherd. Because mm. that symbols of his presence, even though we can't see him. Firstly, you see the shepherd and you see everything that represents him. So what reminds us that he's in the valley of the shadow with us? It's the symbols of mm. his rod, of his staff. And how then does the cross become the symbols, the symbol of um, his presence, of his love. Um, I mean, it's, it's just mind-boggling. He mm. doesn't cease to be the shepherd when he's struck. He doesn't cease to be the shepherd when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. Somehow, they are still reminders that he's with us in ways we can't even understand. But he does leave instruction, though. He says that I yeah. will go ahead of you to Galilee. Well, that's the hope, isn't it? Uh, I will go ahead of you after I am raised up. Mm. So I'm, I'm obedient to being struck. And whatever the process of being struck uh, being struck uh, um, is, and it does therefore suggest if I'm going to be raised, then I must have been dead in order to be mm. raised up again. And he, and he says, I am, I am raised up. Not I raised myself up. After mm. I am raised. So who had the power to do that? The very one who struck the shepherd is the very one who raises the shepherd up. So this is all about God. And in, mm. the, in God's instruction, I will then meet you in a Galilee. In fact, Jesus is ahead of the pack. He already has the place of destiny, the place of meeting, the place in which uh, a very, a very uh, a, a deserting disciple community mm. gives them the hope that says your desertion will not identify you. All because of what God's going to do in and through me. I will be struck. That's the reality. But I'm going to be raised. And after I'm raised, so this will happen. I'm talking to you in, about the future in the present. Yeah. And then I'm going ahead of you to Galilee. So, so, so 
you're going to get through the you're going to get through the desertion you're going to get through the fact that i'm going to be struck and i will die mm. but you're not going to be left in that zone there's a meeting in galilee yeah but you still have to get there though <laughs> that's the important you still have thing. to journey towards that <laughs> yeah. you still have to like coming into jerusalem the journey riding on the ass making it a prophetic statement this is this is not just somebody ordinary this is somebody that's a king with mm. humility who will have St Paul says the humility of a slave mm. and the humility of obedience to death so he's saying to us you will get through it but you must go through it though i go through the valley through the valley operative yeah ne So in other words Galilee is ahead <laughs> The resurrection is ahead but we still have to go through the process of desertion spare challenge of our faith a sense of the shepherd being taken out as if we are left in a scattered um a sense of that word scattered is a very important um whenever mm. you're driving through um farmlands you'd notice that sheep tend to graze together is yeah. a calm about them but what does it look like if a flock is scattered mm oh sheep are normally seen as dumb animals yeah so so when they are scattered when they then they uh have no sense of where they belong and with whom they're associated with they're going into danger mm so there'll be a period in which we are really not sure value of the shadow is a very very crucial concept and experience for us to realize we cannot avoid the valley you mm. can't jump from mountain top to mountain top go to the other mountain top you have to come through the valley and so people beautifully say there is no there is no resurrection without the cross there mm. is no cross without the resurrection the plan that god has is a wholesome plan and the question would be then so why am i going ahead of you to galilee why am i going to I'm going to be there and you'll be coming and you'll be meeting me there. Again, he's the one that leads us. So in Galilee something is going to happen. Remember Galilee was the place where his teaching took around the sea of Galilee a lot of his teachings and miracles and all yeah. that happened. So again at the place of Galilee what was going to be so special for the disciples? if they think of their 3 years with him he calls them from that sea yeah takes them back there to do what so that's a very important place and when we think of our journey with this covid-19 um and I, if i go back to the to the matthew passage that we read earlier on so you'll have this king and you'll have this sense of 
of elation as he enters and there's response and people are praising him and calling him Hosanna, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. But as they get in touch with that, they think now the liberation will happen in the way they thought it would. We find mm. those words, if you go back to the text, and I didn't read it, but it, it just dawned on me as the passage was read, written. Yeah. Then he, and then he entered Jerusalem. So there's a significance. A place of peace would not be the place of peace. Peaceful taking over and liberation for his people is not going to be as peaceful as Jerusalem's name stands. Yeah. But what will happen is death will not last longer than three days. It's not going to be there forever or eternity because mm. God has other plans. I will, after I'm raised, I will go ahead of you. That's the hope we must have. Even when the desertion feels pretty bad and we confess, even when we are scattered, the sense of being scattered, just apart from one another right now, scattered could be uh, social isolation. Mm. You know, and, 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 and what does that social isolation mean? I was listening to one of the clips about politicians. We used to be able to touch one another and hug one another. Yeah. We can't do that. So now it's deep reflection on what is going to what is going to be like when we have been resurrected from this experience and then meeting God in a whole new place. But it's important that that new place is actually going back to where he first started teaching his lesson. So it's being called back to what he has set out before all of the events. So, in a way, is it about a new discipleship related to the resurrection? Mm. What, what happens as a result of discipleship that is now gone through the process of resurrection, death and resurrection? The place of Galilee becomes the place of mission. Matthew's Gospel would go on to say in chapter 28, 29, 28 one of my favorite passages, Going to all the world, not just into Galilee, mm. into Galilee, your starting point, all the world, and make disciples of all nations. So now, disciples are making disciples. Disciples are sent, so they are going to be missionaries now. They mm. will now carry out the mission. And lo, I am with you always, the promise of presence. So not just I'm raised, not just I'm going ahead of you, but I'll, always, I'll also be with you. Mm. When you do the work that I'm calling you to do. Wow, that's a, that's a powerful note to reflect on. And then, Father, just going through some of the prayer themes to, to take people. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of content. There's going to be a lot of content coming out this week. Um, Stations of the Cross this Monday, Thursday, yeah. everything leading up to the great celebration on Easter. Um, but are there a couple of prayer themes that people can use just to guide them through what is effectively the valley? Yeah, you know, um, the prayers that I've chosen there are actually prayers that are set for Palm Sunday by the church. Mm. Um, and I think that. The current, the, the, the theme going right through is this responsorial thing. 
that whatever we're praying for, we're praying to the Lord. That's the one thing I want people to know. And the second thing is that what are we doing? We're asking God for mercy. And, and so without a sense of His mercy in the current situation that we are in, we, we could lose sight because of the coronavirus being a global um, pandemic of mm. everything else that is going on around. We must not forget to pray um, for Christians and peoples of other faiths. Because nobody's immune to what is happening. So as we struggle with this in terms of our faith, so we pray for peoples of other faiths. We pray for people who have no faith in their own estimation. Um, and we, we pray for, um, for, for them. And we cannot... At this time too, there's the word self-discipline. We're thinking of those who, in spite of the lockdown, must continue to apply themselves to their education. Mm. They must not give up their education. They must read, they must study, they must learn um, and take that seriously. We think of, of the people that are in the labs right now trying to unravel the mystery of this virus and then to say, what will remedy this? What Lord on this earth can you suggest we put into this that can help us overcome this? So the people who are exploring uh, the way the sense of a cure. And then I think the, the, the important thing is be careful. We pray for proper communication about this thing that we must respond positively to positive and correct information, not destructive information. At the same time, we have to pray for people like the police and security forces because they have a hard time when citizens, some, some tend to be out of control. Mm. So we pray that, you know, every citizen will sit down and say, I have a responsibility to ensure, if I can put it in the... Um, in, in the words of the gospel, to meet Jesus in Galilee. When, when all of this is over, He's waiting for us. And we have to find, we have to live our lives in such a way now, that as we process, we are going to, there's going to be a future for us. And a future for mm -hmm. our children. So we must pray for that future. Um, and then we've got to pray for the elderly. And those that are suffering with um, with illnesses that they've been living with for a long time, terminally ill people, and with other other underlying conditions, it is a frightening experience for people. Um, and I think you know this whole going back to the hymn story. I would like to say, let us embrace our mortality. He became obedient unto death. For me, is a very important phrase that we, we cannot run away from our mortality, that mm. God will grant us the grace to embrace it. It is only the embrace of it that we will get through, whether we actually leave this, uh, this earth at this stage or when, whenever God calls us. We need to embrace our mortality. Um, I remembered um, when reading a commentary one day, 
um, reflecting on the text that was going to be used for the baptism service. And this person said, when a, when a baby is born, you must whisper in its ear and say to it, one day you will die. And when you hear that, you can start living. And for me, that is, the, that is why uh, the prayer concludes with these beautiful words, Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. So those are some of the themes I think that emerges for me. Yeah. Um, and then if you just want to take us through the prayer at the time of COVID-19, and I see you've included the prayer from the Archbishop as well. Yes. Should I do both? Uh, yes, please. Okay. Let us pray. And we are praying this together. Author of life, healer of the nations, grant us courage to face our trials. Give us wisdom to find relief. Give us faith to be responsible. And grant us your salvation. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. And then we pray as we face the national lockdown. Prayer it comes from Archbishop Tabu Mahoba. Lord God, in this season of fear and uncertainty, as we face the threat of the coronavirus, grant us the wisdom and determination to walk in one another's shoes, the confidence and the humility to draw closer to you and to those affected. Empower us to pastor those who are ill, to weep for the dead, to support the healers and to care for and love one another. And then the Archbishop gives us the blessing of God, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit be upon all people, now and always. Amen. Amen. I also want to add and say, you know, uh, those celebrating their birthdays, anniversaries, other celebrations they may be having or needs, how prayers for any challenge they may be having, I hope that God's blessings will be upon you. Um, on, on the day when you engage this liturgy uh, and, and the week that lies ahead. Um, and that you will use as part of your meditation this week the prayer, the, the prayer that, was, that we sing in, in um, My Song is Love Unknown. Mm. And then I hope that you will continue going through the, the spiritual communion prayer. Um, know that the, the, the bread is broken, and I'd like to just say, Lindsay, incredible words which we, we used last year, and I thought it would be good for us to also mention it here, the breaking of the bread, uh, coming yeah. out of our response that Christ has died and he's risen and he will come again. Lord Jesus Christ, you, you broke bread with the poor, the sinful and outcast, the joyful in the upper room on the road to Emmaus. So because you broke bread and shared it, we will do so too and ask your blessings. And as such, 
this incredible hymn of uh, a prayer for these um, spiritual uh, communion, which is the fourth one. Grant, yeah. O Lord Jesus Christ, that as the hem of your garment, touched in faith, yield the woman who could not touch your body, so the soul of your servants may be healed by like faith in you, whom we cannot now sacramentally receive through your tender mercy, who lives and reigns with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Amen. An incredible prayer because it again brings uh, the story of a woman touching, mm. you know, having the faith wisdom to touch the hem. And so it gives us the sense of touching of the sacraments that we normally would receive. And so should yeah. I just conclude with the blessing? Um, so my sisters and... Just before we do that, I would like to say thank you very much. This has been quite a, a profound little coming together of, of all the symbolism of the Palm Sunday uh, service, or liturgy at least. Um, for me, like I, I've found out through this exploration of faith, a, a lot of different things and how everything ties together from what was last Sunday through to what would have been Ash Wednesday, or at least a Wednesday study and then into this. It, it's been a it's been a good journey for me. <laughs> so thank you, Father Rodney, yeah. and please uh, close us out. Yeah. I reciprocate and uh, it's been very great and valuable to me as well. Okay, and I do apologize that I started you late today. No, no worries. <laughs> I apologize for my dog in the background. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. I just want to give the blessing, if you, if I may. Yes, please go ahead. Go now and follow Christ in obedience. Have the same mind as was in Christ Jesus. Keep your ears open to God's teaching. Be humble, even in the face of hostility, and do not turn back. May God help you and keep you from disgrace. Christ Jesus, lead you through the gates of justice and may the Holy Spirit keep you in God's steadfast love and fill your mouths with praise to the glory of God. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you. And as you go into the day and into the week, these incredible words, they be on your heart, your mind and your lips. Praise to the holiest in the height and in the depth be praised in all his words most wonderful most sure in all his ways god bless you i love you and i pray for you keep safe